This is my advice I give here daily. Fail forward faster. I, I, I learned it the hard way. When I first started, I thought, oh, I, you know, I'm going to make a mistake. I made this mistake. So I learned from my mistakes. But that was a very slow process. And like, what do we do to speed forward faster? We learn from other people's mistakes. Right? So we learn from other people's mistakes. And then that's the main reason that you need a mentorship. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, we are so excited to have Tommy Kim and Cole Harvey on the show today. And this is such an honor because I have the pleasure of knowing you guys personally obviously being in a mastermind group with you, having you guys up to our place. And just, we've been involved in different ways over the years. And some of the things that I get to see that maybe the people that don't know you don't know is how one, successful you guys are, but two, the level of humility that you guys carry with your success is tremendous. And I'm so excited about today's interview because your brokerage is investor-focused, investor-friendly. And that is like our mission is to help agents move into the investing side so they could build that passive income. And you guys are doing that at a super high level. So thank you guys both for giving us your time. And as always, let's dive right into it. Tell us what is the craziest real estate transaction or experience you've faced so far? Yeah, craziest. <laughs> hey, Matt. Uh, thanks for having us. Yes, of course. Um, yeah. we, are, we are investor friendly. Um, I can share with you what I guess what... Year to date is probably our biggest project. Um, it was a development project um, where we bought a vacant land and build built a uh, six unit townhome on it. Um, how we initially got the deal was we since we're very investor friendly real estate brokerage, we have agents looking for not only helping sellers, buyers, residential, commercial, but also looking for investment opportunities. And so one of the key things that we do is we scouts still to this day craigslist so one of our agents actually happened to land on a deal that was a for sale by owner on a craigslist and he found the deal that the value was great they brought it up to my attention and they were like oh this is a such a great deal i think we should look at it when we went there it was owned by a german um investor and he, he, had, he had owned two lots, one with the old apartment and the other one was a vacant lot. And he was one of the, um, he was older, he was pretty old. He, he happened to be one of the original members who had a roller skating rink back in the 50s or back in the 60s in the area. He was like, I'm not going to sell this or, you know, and we ended up bringing him into the office, negotiating, doing the contract. And throughout the escrow, he's like, I'm selling it for too cheap. I'm going to cancel out of the deal. Do you guys? So we're asking him, hey, are you having, you know, is there some soil issues with the land? Is there this issue, that issue? And he's like, I've never even took a piss in that lot before. Like you guys have a really good lot. So there's a, there, the interesting thing was we were able to give him credibility that we know what we're doing. And once we had it secure, he wanted to cancel the transaction multiple times throughout the transaction. Yeah. And yeah. we, we kept him in confidence that, Hey, we're still, that would be a breach of contract. We want to, you know, we should still move forward and do it. And then we went through the whole due diligence process. We ended up closing. 
And the build out was much longer than we expected. That that was the biggest build out we've done or completed year to date. Um, but it was um, it took about six months to design the six unit townhome, six months to uh, do the entitlement, which is um, getting the plans, getting the engineering documents, getting the soil testing, um, going to the city hearing, and then making it, you know, approved by the city to be able to build that complex there and then having their blessing and then and then be able to do the construction construction took us two years from um like this like the soft cost the construction cost the hard cost and then uh off-site improvement which is typically like utilities and landscaping and things like that so that took us two years so it was a good three-year project after the whole thing went down and uh yeah i, I mean we're super grateful where, um, you know, each of the units, our average rents are coming in about 30, 37, 3,800 per unit a month. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been tremendous in terms of adding to a portfolio of what we're doing besides what we're doing with the brokerage here at Lifetime. Unbelievable. Let me dive into some of the details. You said German investor. Does that mean he lived in <laughs> Germany or he lived he, in the States? Yeah, he's... But he's he was originally he, from he, Germany, so he, he had a thick yeah, German yeah. accent. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but he, he, he came here, um, I don't know when, but he still had a very thick German accent and he, he the way he negotiated was very like powerful, strong. It's like my way or the highway. I never took a piss on that lawn. It just, <laughs> it was uh, very interesting to see. You're giving me flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. I played sports in high school, I had a German coach. And that was the toughest year of my sports career. So I don't know if that if all Germans are like this or just the ones that are that are here. But oh my goodness, like I mean, he had us playing good, but it was it was tough. Um, love this. Yeah, they're all all business for sure. All business. All business. Yeah. So let's dive into this deal. So you you do the development over two or three years. You get rents coming at thirty seven to thirty eight hundred times six. Can you give us a breakdown? Like what was total spend? Buying the lot, doing the development. How much are you all in on that deal? Yeah, so all in, um, the lot purchase was somewhere around, it, it was a great deal. Lot purchase was somewhere around $600,000. Um, and then the soft cost, with which was the engineering and the um, the architect, the, uh, the permits for the city, all of those probably uh, ended up, typically they're about 7 to 10% of the total construction cost. Um, construction cost, we did have a construction loan on it. So construction cost, holding cost, and then the offsite improvements and closing cost on the back end. So total with the land, we were in it for about $2.4 million. Cool. And that's, so that's including debt, right? Not 2.4 out of your pocket. Right. Right. Including that. Mm -hmm. Cool. How much out of that 2.4, how much is coming out of your pocket and how much is debt? Yeah, so um, you know, like every everybody probably knows, all the investor knows the the burst strategy, right? Yeah, we ended up um, cashing out a good portion of it, uh, which made us um, pretty much whole, and then it's still cash flowing uh, over ten thousand a month. Now, this is what I'm talking about. So, what we love because we want to help agents become investors and investors that create passive freedom. You essentially outlined a way that somebody on a single deal. Not small, not easy deal necessarily, but on a single deal goes from zero because you got all your money back 
and $10,000 a month. That is a retirement deal right there. Someone that could live on $10,000 a month. Now, I know that's really hard in Southern California, but in my neck of the woods, it's more doable. <laughs> Someone could retire off that one deal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Epic. It's, it's like the, uh, the bird deal. We call it a little bit different than a bird. So it's more of a development opportunity deal where you don't uh, renovate, but you actually build. So it, yeah. it essentially replaces the renovation part with the building construction. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you for that, Jem. So let's dive in a little bit into the brokerage. I mean, both of you guys have so much experience in a lot of things. I mean, I know, Cole, you were around in the last market crash, Tommy with investments oh, yeah. and so on and so forth. Tell us like about the brokerage, like how are you providing value to your agent investors? Like what are some of the things that you're teaching them that are, that are helping them? Well, I think, well, to begin with, just to kind of roll it back, you know, uh, I think the, the the primary philosophy behind our brokerage was that, you know, like you mentioned, um, I've been licensed since 2009. Um, I lost my corporate B2B job in the crash, right? Like most people did. Um, Tommy, I guess, is I think two or three years ahead of me as far as being licensed and, and being in the game. And both of us have been members at a lot of the big box brokerages, right? Like we all kind of float around at different places and, and coming, being someone who came from corporate sales, I, I think I was surprised to kind of the lack of structure and direction in most of the brokerages, even the national brands. So the philosophy we've always had behind Lifetime is we, we wanted to first and foremost uh, offer the things that we were looking for at all of the other companies we went with, which is actual sales training that's relative and, and relevant to, to real estate. Um, proper uh, time management and, and structuring your business, which is something we do on the corporate level, but we don't have really a tradition of in the real estate business. And, and granted things are so much better now because we have YouTube and there's, we have, we have real estate influencers and you can, you can go online and find agents who can teach you how to different ways to, pr to prospect and, and people share ideas, but you know, without sounding like an old timer, you know, we didn't, we, we didn't have any of that for a long time. And, and, and also the brokerage model, in, in, in our opinion, I think is somewhat broken because they don't, they don't focus on, on agent production. They focus on collecting membership mm -hmm. fees or collecting desk fees or all these, all these things, you know, that's not, they're not, they're not, they don't run it like a, a sales team. So we've spent a lot of time, uh, building out, we have our own homegrown 90 day program. That's, that's hours and hours and hours of content from mindset to basic time management, to lead generation, to prospecting contract to close and, and, you know, just best practices throughout the process. Um, and then on to the back end of that, which is where we talk about, you know, uh, we do a lot of commercial, we're not just residential. We've, we've always played in kind of the whole playground in real estate. So both Tommy and I have experience in like the REO field, for example, we also have done a lot of commercial. Tommy has done, he's got a million cool commercial stories. He sold anything you can imagine. And so we're able to, to train on all of that kind of as a whole, is a whole, whole holistic kind of view of the real estate business. So our agents are able to kind of say, say yes to any, any opportunity that their clients may have, because, you know, your clients are going to have people that may have a warehouse need or might have a, a retail need and, and so forth. So we've tried to kind of, create like a, a larger worldview in, of the business for our agents and then in turn make them understand that that you know since we're in the game we're privy to opportunities that that you're not necessarily going to get or know how to look for if you're at like a you know like a retail 
I don't want to name names, but you know, we all know the big brands, right? You're not going to know how to look for those kind of things. So that's, that's kind of what the, the philosophy was. And then we backed it up with a lot of accountability and support. And we, we do treat them like, like they're our sales reps in a lot of ways. And we're really engaged in their business on a day-to-day -day level. What a brilliant answer. Um, I love what you guys are doing there. You know, lots of agents, you know, their, their whole business model is buy or sell or rent. You know, that's it. They have no other options beyond that. And it looks like your agents have the capacity to help almost anybody. Um, so what I love about what you guys are doing in particular is it's a investor friendly brokerage. And, you know, most realtors, they don't know much about investing at all, um, which is actually a, a crazy paradigm, right? So, I mean, like just introducing ideas like creative financing could totally change their business. Um, I would love oh, yeah. if you can give me or us rather two to three specific reasons why realtors should start connecting with investors today or investing them and investing themselves rather. Wow. Just two or three. I don't know, Tommy. I mean, yeah. Well, I, you can give me more if you want. How do you want to so, give them? I, we always <laughs> train uh, like um, our agents, at, like business owners. Um, and we, we start by business doesn't exist without sales. Only business purely exists because there is sale. And we, we break it down to three parts. Only way real estate agents can sell is number one, have lots of transactions. Number two, have higher price transaction. Number three, have repeat and referral transaction. And that's on the number three aspect where you start running into the uh, consistent um, transaction experience with investors. Um, we've had, um, you know, myself uh, during the, uh, after the subprime, when the REO was really uh, booming, single investor, um, we were potentially helping single investor anywhere from to repeat 10 to 40 transactions a year on a single investor level. So Easy. I think knowing the investor, but I think the individual thing is agents don't know what they don't know. A lot of the times agents are at the level of where they're at. If they're first time home buyers themselves, they cater to first time home buyers. If they start having um, step up, they, they, their eyes opens up to step up. Once you get into the wholesaling, once you get into creative financing, once you get into commercial real estate, that's what you're going to look for. And we make it so easy because we have packages and trainings already built out on these curriculums. So essentially they can just learn it, watch it, print the documents and be able to ask the question. And then um, Cole and I are there to support people all the way. So they, they just get tons of value with, by working with, um, working with us here at Lifetime. Well, and plus I would also add that, you know, anyone who's worked with agents or certainly everyone who's an agent themselves uh, knows about the roller coaster, right? Like, you know, you work really hard then you get a deal and then you close and you're, you're back to being unemployed again, unless you have another deal. And I think what, what the reason people are so interested in, in investing and Matt and I have talked about this, we just talked about this recently, right? Is that agents want stability. They want stability of their income. They want predictability in their income. They want to plan their lives. They want to do what's important to them. And that's so hard when you, you might get paid this month and not get paid six months, seven months from now. Right. And so, so to answer your original question, um, most people move every five years. Investors pull the trigger multiple times a year. Do you want to have consistent closings? You need to have investors in your pocket for sure. Wow. I'm picturing being at your brokerage, you know, and walking in and it is like a candy store 
as a four-year-old and you have every epic size candy bar available to you on the planet. And we know agents struggle with shiny object syndrome anyways. And there's now 30 different ways at your brokerage that these people can make tons of money and retire, so on and so forth. So first of all, kudos to you guys to building like the most epic candy store brokerage alive. How do you then help your agents specialize or focus so that they can actually get something accomplished? Yeah, we can, we can start mm. by uh, entry level, what we're doing right now. Literally every morning we do two hours of cold call prospecting. Whoa. So everybody jumps Wait. in a zoom setting, uh, or a group coaching session. Uh, so eight to eight 30, everybody, uh, dialects with for sale by owner, expired listing, circle prospecting, um, different lead sources, or even just fear or, or, or whatever the follow-ups to potential wholesale deals or whatnot. And we just hash it out first 30 minutes, eight to eight 30. And 8.30 to 10 is when intentionally we want to book one appointment or make one offer and be able to get that deal nailed down, right? So we're in there as a group setting. We're listening to what they're saying. Everybody has their um, camera on. Everybody has their uh, speaker on. And we're all listening in together and giving tips. And that's been just a huge accountability part and huge motivating factor. And then... I think what happens is after that, they, they are surrounded in an environment where we are very investor friendly agents. Currently we have 55 agents in our roster and, um, good portion of them are, um, do wholesaling, do fix and flipping, do, uh, value add transactions, do ADUs, do uh, development deals. So just, I, I really wanted to use that Blackstone model in terms of you have a deal, you bring it to the team. Everybody cracks, try to crack this deal, whether it's a good deal or not, right? If we all think this is a good deal, we're going to move all together. And I think, um, I, I'm really loving the fact that the direction that we're going, not only on sales, but in investment. And that's where the next level, like the syndication and the other models will start to plug into play. So if that absolutely yeah, there's, there's been tremendous tremendous value in teaching them how to poke holes in in deal scenarios i mean they really really learn so fast once they you teach them to try to to find a problem or, or look for something that's up with the deal they really really bone up really quick yeah we did wow, how we fun did, i mean yeah yeah sorry man uh we did uh go ahead yeah yeah we did a fix and flip eight week fix and flip training class with our agents and literally going in they get to see the, the, the places that we buy, the, the properties that we renovate, the, you know, working with the contractors. And then what I've, what I've noticed is without having any experience going into it and coming out now, they completely get it. They know how to evaluate deals. They know how to, what the cost for uh price per, price per square foot for, you know, lipstick, the middle of the road construction, the heavy duty construction. And then they know exactly what the ARV is and what the acquisition price should be with what kind of um, hard money or lending programs that are out there. So we're just seeing a lot of good things and just being tremendously fulfilled by um, just members and agents going through and learning and leveling up every day. This is so, so awesome. Like I just blown away by the level and that you go to educate agents. And I love to like how like, I mean, a brokerage can kind of take on an identity 
and you've created your your focal point, your identity around, hey, we are a prospecting-based brokerage. And so we're out hunting, finding deals every single day. And so I, I think that's a really amazing way to blend all the options that you give and the the thing that we take action to make sure they're successful. Super, super cool. So where, like you guys have done some amazing investments and you're running the brokerage. Why is running the brokerage so central to maybe who you are and why do you love it so much? Yeah, <laughs> I think it it goes back um, opening. I, it goes actually actually a little bit further back because we 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 were always investment centric brokerage and we were we always operated very small four to five agents um and and after we were having tremendous amount of success um we just didn't feel fulfilled right so we took time off mm -hmm. we looked at hey we're doing great that was at the previous uh that was the previous company that we we were running and Cole was a part of it as well and one of the things was like, okay, what can we, how can we provide value with what we have, with what we know? Like, how can we make, make the most amount of impact with what we know? And I, we ended up, kept on going back. Okay. I think the other thing is to go to more of a, rather than an investor, wholesaler, um, just the model of investment company, go, go to more of a traditional brokerage model that created over the years. And that really, um, it's just, it gives us fulfillment. I, I think if, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. It makes a well, ton I mean, of you sense. Well, I mean, you can only, you can only go ahead. I was gonna say, you can only, you can only consume so much or, or, you know, chase so much at some point you, I think you, you mature to a point where you, you prefer being in service of other people and helping other people kind of, kind of reach the level you're at. And that's, that's much more fulfilling than just you know, going it alone or trying to build your own business. That's for sure. Oh, without a doubt. If you're not living your life, if you're not building your life to basically the design that you want to fulfillment, I mean, you're basically wasting it, right? Um, so I'm curious, because I mean, Absolutely. you kind of just mentioned that you started the brokerage and then you kind of, like, I would love to know the progression, your typical progression, obviously it's going to vary by agent. Like, how does the model work? Because like Matt said, it's like a kid in a candy store. You got 500 candy bars. It could be very... Um, overwhelming. It's almost like a fire hose, how much information you're throwing at them. So do you guys have a typical progression or there's several progressions or can we just kind of detail what it looks like to be a new agent working for, for you guys? Well, you know, for, for one, well, it's all these things are available, but it's not, we don't throw it all at them as a fire hose. I think, I think the, the philosophy has always, the original philosophy was that you know, you, you, you raise capital and you, you create opportunities by, by having success in your sales business, but the sales business is a means to an end, right? So it originally started with, you know, we want you guys to sell as many homes as possible, but we don't want you to necessarily, you know, blow it on a Ferrari when you can have a condo or a duplex or, or something along those lines. And then, you know, you can get a Ferrari later on if, once you got some cash flow, right? But it started with that. And then, but in general, the progression is, is that if, if it's a new agent, we want to really make sure they understand the, the fundamentals of, of how to, how to run your own production sales business, which is what, what, what real estate is, right? Ultimately, once they're confident in that, and then 
they're able to to level up into different types of transactions. You know, they start in residential, then they can dabble in 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 commercial. For like, for example, uh, most residential agents will do like a residential lease and then never do it again because it's it's a lot of work and and not a lot of a lot of return. Um, but once they understand that process and they understand the leasing process, then you can you can show them how we do commercial leasing. And in commercial leasing, it's much much different, right? Commercial leasing, you you get paid for the lease term. Um, we've, I mean, we have agents just this year alone that, I mean, we had one that made 86,000 commission on a, on an office lease for five years, you know, that kind of thing. And then they, then they see that and they start to see kind of the larger picture. And really what it comes down to is, you know, like you guys know, if you ask an agent, how much do they want to, how much money you want to make next year, they're always going to say, I want to sell 50 million and I want to make, you know, 400 grand. Well, that's either, oh, it's a ton of houses or it's, it's a combination of houses maybe office or warehouse opportunities, business opportunities, all that kind of stuff. But that's, you know, we're, we're dealing with an agent population that I think has such a narrow view because the the perception is, you know, we, we always talk about the, like the neighborhood agent on the bus stop and that's only a small, small corner of the playground. And so we, as they, as they level up in their knowledge and experience, we can expose them to a lot of other types of opportunities and, and transactions. And then thankfully, I think we've, we've been diligent enough to build solid enough support that they can, they can learn those kind of nuances. Yeah. I know Matt is a huge, huge expert in like this profile, Enneagram personality testing. And we learn a lot yeah. from you regarding that. And I believe the culture is created by the people that we bring in. So we never try to change. We really work on the identity of the people that we bring in. We have certain personality tests and curriculum tests before they come on board. We just don't let anybody in. Once they, they're able to see that. And one of the big, um, I think the, the testimonials we had last year from one of our, um, agent investor developer he said you know lifetime um, allows all agents at different levels to succeed at whatever realm that they want to thrive and you know um, grow in in the space of real estate so i think that really sums up how we've been able to organically grow and support and now like people are really reaching out to us actively especially um you know with the market turning and everything to looking for guidance and leadership and support mm -hmm. Absolutely love this. So I want to dive in a little bit because, and I don't know your guys' exact structure on if you guys are partners in the brokerage or how that works, but when it comes to creating education, like your typical entrepreneur can be a little bit fly by night and putting together training modules and so on and so forth can be really hard for the average entrepreneur. So how does it look for you guys as you're building it out? Is like one of you guys like, hey, I love organizing content or do you guys both just like grin and bear it and put it together? Like, how does it look to build out all this extensive, you know, programming? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, well, it's so, to, I mean, I guess the first part is just to, to reference the Enneagram. Tommy's a three, two, and I'm a two, three. So, so that's, <laughs> that's how that, that's how things are divided, right? Um, and just, just for the audience, know, so what do you know, think? yeah. So a three, two is, is somebody who is an achieving a driver type, mm -hmm. but has a soft spot with the two wing and, and then Cole, you being a two wing three, more of a, of a hostess, a host, not hostess, hostess or a server type of mentality. So yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, I'm a three two also. No, host, hostess works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> there you go. See, we're all no, we're all similar. We're all yeah, and that's the thing. Um, I don't. We don't want you to take that one, Tommy, because because really, yeah, I, I, I think, think one of the I, guess, I think t- Tommy's Tommy's the idea guy. I just kind of I just kind of yeah. I guess the sure. example would be right now we we're almost done with one of our correct training programs. It's the two day class. It's called real estate mastery class, and two day class that there's different curriculums within it and so we've kind of identified oh cole you're strong cole's the farmer i'm the hunter um so let's divide up curriculums to hunter versus farmer and how it you know blended together with ideas and strategies and so that's typically how we would go about it and what's been really phenomenal to see is um i think when it comes to leadership right leaders lead from the front leaders lead by example and once leaders get to a certain type of fulfillment um, i think the most important thing is by giving back so we've had um, great example of leaders that we've grown over the years just within five years um, sammy erica nicole and they they've achieved um, multiple investment properties uh, development deals um, sales of uh, upwards of 20, 30 million uh, annual sales and just um, good amount of commission to grow their business. So they've been really stepping up to give back and really helping with additional training curriculums, additional modules that we want to build out. So it's really been um, like the whole circle is coming back in whole where you lead them and you see that they come from that attitude, want to give back. They're always like, how can we support you? What more can we help? And when we do one-on-ones with our top guys, we're always like so grateful. I, I received tons of uh, gratitude messages during Thanksgiving from all the people that we've been mentoring over the years. It's just yeah. been phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. So it does kind of self-perpetuate okay. over time. Very cool. I love how you just defined the relationship between you guys. Cause you said, um, Tommy, you're the hunter and Cole is the farmer and, and me and Matt kind of have yeah. the same type of relationship where, you know, Matt's obviously the hunter, right? And I'm the farmer. So I'm, I'm curious, like, this is a question for Cole now. I'm thinking farming, I'm thinking more marketing and branding. So I'm curious what kind of strategies you're using in order to, you know, plant those seeds and then help them grow. Well, I think from, um, you know, if we're talking in terms of, of what I think real estate agents should be doing in their business, I think, I think it, the goal should always be to cultivate as many relationships as possible with people who know you and like you and trust you and think of you as, as a real estate resource or a, or a real estate concierge, however you want to conceptualize it. Right. And I, I've always, I've always gravitated towards, you know, geographic farming in that regard, because it's a, it's a logical organizational way to section off people, get to know them, to build up relationships, have quality relationships, you know, by, by, by zone, if you will, however you want to look at that. Um, and, and which is to say like, you know, my, my, my B2B sales background, um, was related to the construction industry, which is a, a very, very heavy relationship based business relationships over anything else, to be honest, like it's, you know, it's a good old boys kind of industry. And my experience at, at the, the kind of big box brokerages 
kind of is in that vein, but, but not with a lot of clarity. And then when I, when I started to work with Tommy at the old company, they were just, they're like, no, 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 this is, we just prospect for strangers all day long. And this is how we do it. And I was like, wow. And it was like complete opposite of what I was used to. And so I think I've settled over the years that I, I think a, a mixed, a good, healthy, diverse diet for a, for a realtor or a, an agent who's trying to boost production is, is kind of a combination of both. You need to spend time always being relationship forward. And you also need to spend time reaching out to strangers and prospecting cold leads and working on things like, you know, like, like, you know, like Matt knows, like, uh, you should always have some expired in FISBO in your, on your plate, you know, just like your vegetables, it's important. And I think that gives you the, the, the best chance for success in building a repeated business. I freaking love sales your analogy. You know, you love, love, you know, love I mean, that analogy. Yeah. Well, you know, it is right. I mean, it's, and that's, that's just how you, that's how you mentally can organize your day, right? Like you get a bloody nose on morning on the expireds and then you reach out to some cool neighbors that are in a cool neighborhood that you can chat with and, and that's your dessert. You know, that's what it is. A hundred percent. It's like cold calls are like vegetables, man. You know, you need to eat them because they're good for you, but nobody wants them when they can have ice cream later yeah. in the day. Absolutely love exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So when it comes to you guys functioning together, so it's the hunter and the gatherer, does it function that way as far as like recruiting? Like Tommy, are you out doing the hunting and the setting up of the hunting systems? And then Cole takes on and fosters and, and, and grows and nurtures those agents into successful agents? Yeah, I, 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 I would say, I would say it's 90% Tommy in that regard for, for both, to be honest. Yeah, um, we've been, I mean, some of the, wow, like uh, two years. So what we've been doing is we're after an agent closes a transaction or does something, we, we've been intentional reaching out to the co-op agent, which is the agent on the other side. But we will ask our agents, hey, how was your experience? Do you think that might be someone who would value from what we do here at Lifetime. They're investor minded, they're growth minded, they're, you know, loving, they want, you know, they want to have honesty and integrity and just work from the right principles. Once we identify that, we go out and really take them out to lunch. Hey, congratulations on your closing. Wanted to go out and just no recruiting involved. Wanted to just take you out to lunch. Just want to know about your business. And it's, it's funny because the lunches that we did it like two years ago, we had last week, we had uh, uh, one of the top producers, um, 10 million plus producer reached out. Hey, I, I, I want to look at another option, right? Because I'm usually what what happens is or the agents that uh, that we attract, they get a little bit stuck on the sales side and they don't know how to progress to the investment side. And, but they do, they all want to do when we ask them, would you want to be an agent or would you want to be an investor? I think overwhelmingly over 90% say, I want to be an investor, right? Because now you're, you're an investor yourself and you're an agent and guess what? You're doing multiple transactions for yourself. You're making the decision. It's just that you, it doesn't, it's not as easy as it sounds because it's hard work It's learning the numbers is, um, you know, it's a uh, risk calculation and it's um, all those things that they have to do. And then once we identify that that person will go through a three-step interview process where we'll do um, initial phone interview, Zoom interview, in-person interview with Cole and I, we would set that up and then we'll do a final interview and then bring them on onto our team. 
I love how often you guys say relationships and like it's so relationship focused um, and it totally blows my mind because I just realized this recently how important the relationships that you're forming are for your business. I mean, there's really nothing that you can do that could grow your business faster than having the right relationships. So I'm just curious if you guys 100%. had always been focused on relationships or had there been an epiphany at some point in your career where you're just like, wow, I need to put all of my energy, not all of your energy, but a good amount of your energy towards relationship building over anything else. That's a good question. I, I, I think, well, I, I can answer both ways. Uh, the, 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 the first thing is yes, just because I came from a, a relationship based sales process when I was in B2B before, when I was in corporate. Um, so like I didn't, things that surprised me getting into real estate first was, uh, encountering other agents that fight with the cross agent on every transaction or like that the adversarial kind of mentality at, at the brokerages I was with certainly like, you know, walking through the hallway of whatever brokerage I was with at the time and, and having like my, what I thought were my coworkers, like, you know, cover the computer screen and stuff like that kind of weird thing that I think only my friends that worked like an auto sales <laughs> were used to, for example. Um, but I also feel like I, I at least in for my own personal journey, I, I did spend, I spent the first several years in real estate trying to shoehorn my corporate mentality into the business and it wasn't going anywhere until I realized that really it's just the same thing. It's, 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 it's about the quality of the relationships and being able to work with your friends or make your clients, your friends, and then business just kind of flows from that. And, and once I realized that I was overthinking, which I'm prone to do, then I, that's when it, that was kind of the epiphany for me along the way. And it took me about halfway through to figure it out. Um, but that being said, one of the reasons that that I was so excited for the chance to to leave where I was and come work with Tommy at, at the old company was that they were just different and they 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 already acted the way that I expected it to be from the beginning and they were always super relation relational and they worked since they worked with investors they had ongoing relationships with their clients multiple times a year and it was more what I was used to is like a, coming from like an account manager or, or the kind of thing you do when you're in corporate sales. At least for myself, that's that's kind of how how the journey went. Yeah, we emphasize tremendously on leading from your heart, not from your head. Leading from the heart, not from the head. And I think when every time, even when we go meet with a potential investor for sell by owner, people that want to give us the deal or do deals with us, I, I think only thing that I think about going into that meeting is I just want to get to know this person today. I, I don't think about closing them. I don't think about the margins. I don't think about the profit. I just, I, I want to get to know this person. And usually everything works out really, really well. Oh, so amazing. And just the quality of the, probably the joy and the feelings you have are, are much, much higher than, than the alternative. So I want to ask you guys a question. And this, this might take some thinking here, maybe not. But let's say we put things in a bucket. So you've got relationships. You've got your skills and your knowledge that you've accumulated over the last, since you got into real estate, decade or two. And then you have your portfolios and maybe even a fourth bucket of like just general self-awareness. If you can only take one of those buckets with you moving forward, which bucket would it be? So I'll, I'll repeat oh, them too. Relationships. Relationships, <laughs> portfolio, your knowledge, yeah. self-awareness. Oh, that's a no brainer for me. It's relationship. Tommy, would you say the same? Um, 
I I I would say it depends. It depends on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends on a lot of things. If so, it depends what I bring to the table already. If I always say, you know, number one to do well in this business, you have to have a fantastic attitude, because attitude is something that you can go from zero to ten right now in one second, right? But it does take a long time to build up skills, build up portfolio, build up these things. So, if I had a great attitude going in, I would probably go for the uh, skill or the uh, portfolio, right? So it just would depend. Yeah. It depend on where I would be going into all these things, right? And then sometimes it's the relationship. So I I, I would really uh, measure it before I get into choosing one thing of really identifying where I'm at. It sounds like you're leaning towards skills. Is that fair to say? Yes, yes, skills. Leaning towards cool. skills. Love this. Yeah. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, they're buildable, but they take a long time. So, you know, it's like what what's harder to build? Is it harder to build relationships or is it harder to build skills? I guess could be the, the corollary question. So awesome, man. Thanks for that answer. So continuing on. So relationships and heart are at the focus of your business. And so do you see like a lot of times you think of hunters, you think of like, you know, confident, maybe brash, maybe not really caring about others. Like how do you see the blending of heart and hunting? Like how, how does that come together and, and how is that propelled? Like I can imagine that's just an absolute dynamite combination. Yeah. Like Cole, you want to go? Well, I was going to, I was actually going to say Tommy's actually a really good example of what you're describing. And, and I know we were commenting earlier about how, you know, he's a three, two, I'm a two, three. Um, but the, the reality is I've always looked at it like, you know, we have similar personalities, but he always represents kind of my nicer self or my ideal <laughs> self. Like he's where my patience ends, his begins kind of thing. And, 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 and usually, usually when I'm, when I'm not thinking clearly, he provides like a better perspective that calms me down or like, well, you know, what about this? And it's like, oh, he's right. You know what I mean? So, so, but that being said, you know, I, I, I can count on, on his opinion to, to be the assertive position to when, when push comes to shove. So I don't know, I think in a lot of ways, you know, he, he Tommy has a good balance, good balance of both. I think, um, yeah, a hunter that leads with his heart, if there's such a thing. Yeah, usually <laughs> when, when we go into um, getting an investment deal, we're going in, we want to lock this guy up. Uh, I think two days ago, we went to Huntington Beach. Owner had put the deal on for sale by owner. It's worth about, after repaired value, worth about a million dollars. And the owner uh, wants to sell it, put it on Zillow for sale by owner for eight fifty. So before going there, like, um, <laughs> obviously we want to get this deal. We want to get this deal locked up. We want to, you know, be able to make money and, you know, uh, either rent it as a rental portfolio, uh, hold it or, um, have like creative financing options built into it. And we're going through. And as the thought process, I always start with, okay, ultimate it, we, I tend to talk in terms of ultimate solution right to okay mr seller you and i both want to get this deal done 
right? We we want to get this deal done. You want to get this deal done. I want to get this deal done. But in terms of negotiating, I'm always in his heart. Like I ask um, usually about 50 to 100 questions to the seller throughout the process. So whenever I want to say something or whenever I want to make a comment, I'll ask another question. What about this? Why do you think this? How do you think this? Tell me more about this. What is your best solution? So I'll just keep on regurgitating questions until we get to a point that we can ultimately achieve together. But it, it comes from the both the uh, hunter mentality and the empathy mentality. And it seems like um, that formula has been working tremendously well for us. What a tremendous answer. I love that. Um, a question-based sales process has always been the best sales process, in my opinion. Um, questions lead to confessions. I think, you know, the best salespeople actually talk the least and they listen the most. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I want to go back a little bit to what Tommy said earlier, like leading from the heart. And we kind of keep tapping onto this. So like, let's get a little bit deeper into it. This one might be a tough question, so I apologize in advance. Um, but... I just love the concept, lead from your heart, not from your head, because when you operate like that, you basically are forcing yourself into a position where you are working for fulfillment and purpose, not for money. And anybody getting started, you know, there's going to be resistance at the beginning. They're going to have mindset blocks. They're going to have all sorts of blocks because no matter what, you're going to be somewhat money motivated because you don't have any, right? Um, there's a grind, there's less fulfillment, there's less purpose. But as you grow, you find fulfillment, you find purpose. And it's like kind of getting caught into a jet stream, right? At that point, your your career is almost self-propelling. So the question, and like I said, this is kind of challenging, but what do you think is the fastest way to get from that, that era of resistance where you're plowing through brick walls to the era of propulsion? Hmm. I think if I had a concise answer, I would have already written a book and be retired. I think, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Time. Well, well, you know, um, something you touched on when you asked the question was that, um, I, I feel like most people who start their real estate career aren't in the right position to start a real estate career. Like I'm a perfect example. I got licensed after I've been laid off from a, a salaried job with a retirement plan and health benefits, right? Like that's the worst time to get into launching a business, which is what real estate is, you know? Um, and ideally you would want people to, you know, have a year saved and, or whatever, whatever it may be, but like, we don't have that. So that's a tough one to answer. I, I think, I think part of it, I think part of the answer is you do have to have a, a, a little bit of success just so that you can conceptualize the the possibility and at least see some light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. Um, also, I think, I think there's a, a maturation process too that comes with, with running your own business or being reliant on yourself or, or only being compensated for production or, or setting your old rules. And I think, I think once you kind of get yourself in the right mindset, um, that the, 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 the maturity comes where you, you realize there is more than just there's, you know, you, you do learn that money 
money doesn't buy happiness because when you don't have any money, you think that's all you need and then you get it and you're like, well, I, I've already, I've already spent a bunch of money at Guitar Center over and over again and I'm still not happy. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of the same, same yeah. kind of idea, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I would, I would, I, I guess it's, uh, yeah, I it's would, tough. I would advise, this is my advice I give here daily, fail forward faster, fail forward faster. Yeah. <laughs> the faster you can fail, go moving forward in the right direction. Um, because I, I learned that the hard way when I first started, I thought, oh, I, you know, I'm going to make a mistake. I made this mistake. So I learned from my mistakes, but that was very slow process. And like, that's why we're doing like, you know, then, then what do we do to speed forward faster? We learn from other people's mistakes, right? So we learn from other people's mistakes. And then that's the main reason that you need a mentorship. You, you need to seek out people that are five, 10 years ahead, right? And then be able to get all their like good juicy mistakes that they made and be able to instill it in you um, and be able to move forward with it. But it starts with having fantastic attitude, having open mind to learn and then be able to grow. And, you know, I think if someone can just figure out a way, even myself right now, I'm trying to fail forward even faster. Right. Um, so that's just, uh, that's just how, how I perceive it. I love this. And one of the things you were alluding to Cole that I really like is you're kind of alluding to the idea of having some reserves going into the business. And while I would never discourage somebody from being an agent, if they don't have reserves, there's certainly a, a mental cushion and a buffer that allows you to follow best practices. I would say, love to get your guys' take on this. That might even be more important while moving into the team leader position that you have that that buffer too, so that while you're training agents, you're not as in a scramble to have to produce, but you can truly focus on the relationships and developing those agents. Yes, yes, I agree completely. I agree completely. Um, I mean, we, you know, we, I think we're lucky that, um, you know, we both, we both still do our own deals, right? We still do production, but we're able to use them as, as teachable examples. We're able to bring in, you know, like promising agents that we have that are, that are working hard and include them on the deals and use them as a more of a mentorship kind of model to help them kind of learn the best practices. So it's, 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 it's still worthwhile, I think. Um, but yes, um, I think, but I would venture to guess that almost the vast majority of us, um, get into this because we our backs are against the wall of some some way or the other right and we don't not everyone has the luxury to to plan their 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 launch into real estate you know four years down the line where they've you know set aside you know cash reserves and, and everything else let alone like you know marketing costs and all the stuff you can spend money on when you're an agent to try to generate business yeah so, and that totally. that's that's why the investment side is so crucial and relevant if like a agent can generate even even as small as $300 positive cash flow by working together with another investor, that's going to give them so much like confidence boost. That $300 over time is, let's say, refinanced to a lower rate, uh, increase the rents uh, 3 to 5% or 10% annually. Like you guys are in this and doing it all the time. So I don't, you guys know that gets to $1,000. So what would you do with extra thousand dollars of positive cash flow er coming, you know, every month, right? What would you do? What would you pay? And that eventually will grow to 2,000, 5,000, 10,000. And so that's why investing in real estate while you're doing the sales is going to be a, such an important part.
and that's what we preach on. Yeah, yeah and you know something I... that I think we've. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say just something we've invested, and in, I think we've noticed, and and I think you guys could agree with this is that, I mean, we know so many people who thought about investing for years and years and years. And then once they finally like get their first door, it's exponential, right? Like I had mm -hmm. nothing for 10 years. And then in the last 24 months, I've added six. <laughs> so it's always <laughs> like that over and over and over again, right? Like you just need the first one and then you're good to go. And so I think, um, I think that's something else is that, that it's, it's, it's just pushing the train out of the station with that. And then even if it's something tiny, like, like Tommy's example, and, and that's a real world example, by the way, like, you know, you can only get like 150, 300 bucks a month cash flow, but that's the first one. And then in 24 months, that's going to be one of like four or five or six doors, you know, and it's a different story. So, so true. Yeah, absolutely love that. And one of the things that I, don't, I can't remember if you mentioned it on the show or right before we started, but you advise your agents when they start getting this income to not go blow it on anything, but to continue to invest it, which is <laughs> such an unbelievably <clears throat> important aspect that they're continuing to get that snowball going so that they quickly move towards being financially free. So I would like to ask you guys, if you had a billion dollars in the bank and a hundred lifetimes of cash flow, how would your life look? Would it look exactly the same or how would you structure your time? Uh, for me, my life would look, it would look just the same. Only I, I think I would be able to, I'd be freer to spend even more time of our day focused on, on building up our agents and, and helping everyone kind of, I'd be able to just focus purely on the mission that we're working on. I think, I think, um, I definitely think you can grow into a place where you, you realize that the, the real game is, is helping other people for sure above all else. And that kind of, you know, freedom to me is, is the ability to make those choices and, and not, you know, consumption and junk because <laughs> that's all that stuff is long-term. Yeah. When we went through this process, um, it, I think it's the success leaves clues like Bill Gates of the world, like Warren Buffett's of the world, Jeff Bezos, like all the, all the billionaires are always giving back and they're thinking of, uh, creative ways to make better of what we have in this life. And I think, um, as money grows, all, I think only thing that, that grows currently our goal is to make uh impact of 34,700,000 people. But, um, I think that impact size would grow exponentially <laughs> with, with those things in mind. 34 million people. That's, that's a hell of a lot of impact. Um, love it. So speaking of impact, what does the next 12 to 18 months look like for you guys? What are you guys building? What are you guys looking to do in 2022, 2023? Excuse me. Mm. Mm. Well, tell me what you, you want to answer that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been growing. Um, we have, obviously we have the investment company, we have the real estate brokerage and we've been year over year. We've been on average growing 30% uh, on scale. We, I mean, I'm an avid believer of, uh, Darren Hardy's compound effect where most, you know, incremental gains by trading along, um, step after step. So we have different things lined up for both the investment company um, and the pro uh, real estate company as a brokerage and growth. And then um, obviously, oh, earlier, this goes in hand with how can the newer investors, um, the newer people go faster is work on you. Like don't work on other things. If you don't have that much money to work on, work on you first, work on your mindset, work on your growth, work on your skill, work on getting education. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's that's something else that um I, I neglected for a long time. And once I once I took an active role in my in my personal self development, and I really really was able to it really clears the fog for so many things when you, when the, when the self is, is dialed in as much as possible. I mean, it's always a work in progress and that's all good, right? Like that's fine. That's just how is, you know, as we get older, things change and it's all good, but like, um, man, uh, everything is, is so much more achievable and easier when you, when you take care of your own backyard first mentally, for sure. Without a doubt. Um, yeah. When Matt asked the question earlier, like I would have went with self-awareness, number one, relationships, number two, really close. Um, but I think self-awareness is kind of like, if you don't know who you are, you don't know what to, you're going to be good at. So, I mean, you're not going to have any luck out there, right? Um, Tommy Kim and Cole Harvey, this has been an absolutely tremendous experience. Thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business and sharing everything. Um, if you're in SoCal, it might be worth having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with these gentlemen because it, they have a lot to offer. Um, and to those of you out there seeking freedom, freedom is acquired one action at a time. Lead with the heart. Go build some relationships with people that produce repeat business. Fail forward, fail quickly, fail fast, and fail often. I challenge you to fail at something for the next seven days. Every single day, fail at something for the next seven days, and you'll see how fast you propel yourself forward. Tell somebody you know that could hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you guys on the next one.